don't make it matter. Got good things, got you. Hoops and everything. Get back, never get back too soon. Are you lonely? Are you there when I'm not in the room? Are you only only a part of this when you choose? Hello and welcome to the Point of Difference podcast. My name is Jono, coach of Flatty Burton, and we're bringing you a little Sunday morning treat to whet your appetite before the round zero games kick off in the NRL today. Uh, here to talk about the big team news coming into this weekend, as well as some opinions that may have changed from the trial, it is the coach of Tubes' pods. Tubes, how are you tonight, mate? Yeah, I'm good. It's good to get the pod off the ground. It's, we've had a few false starts this week, and... Uh, and and the engines are starting to roar, potentially faltering, but but uh, I'm looking forward to getting through this one. Yeah, me too. Let's, let's hope there's no technical difficulties. We'll see how we go. And uh, also joining us tonight to talk is uh, from rainy London, sporting a Damien Cook-style goatee. It is Dan. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good, Jono. Uh, glad to be back. I feel like I haven't been here for a few weeks. Um, good to see that we've taken the... Um, production in-house and uh things are working really well so yeah looking forward to a good pod geez that that was a bit feisty (laughs) a bit feisty coming in real feisty on a sunday morning i haven't i haven't enjoyed copping it on the pod being away so uh it could be it could be a fired up pod tonight (laughs) yeah wacky dan's coming in with a whack <laughs> All right. Well, the way we're going to do it tonight is we're going to we're going to start off by talking about uh, if there was anything that stood out from the trial games on the weekend, and if we made any changes to our teams. Some discussion points there, and then we're just going to talk about the most interesting players coming into the two games this weekend. So, for those listeners who might be unaware, it's uh, kicking off tomorrow, or it'll be today by the time this comes out. And the first game is the Rabbitohs versus the Seagulls. The second game is the Broncos and the Roosters. So we're going to talk about the most important players coming into those games. Before we do, uh, just a reminder that we have our league, our unlimited league, which you can join with the code 501378. That's 501378. Prizes are two, TBA, but are coming very, very soon. Uh, let's kick off with a little bit of trial chat. And Tubes, I'm going to start with you because I know there's one man who on our last pod you were very keen on and I think that only firmed up over the weekend. It is Lukey playing for the Cowboys. What were your thoughts on Lukey over the weekend? He just looked real big and strong and just runs such a good line. I know that Ethan Strange uh, had a you know a nice defensive day, uh, but... Yeah, I mean the whole Cowboys team for me for the trial from the trial really just cemented my position on them. Lukey, Drinky, Nanai, uh, Val Holmes. Even though he was quiet, uh, I really still like him just because I think the Cowboys are going to start fast. But Lukey just looked big and strong, and uh, and looks like he's going to be uh, in for a big season. Yeah, I thought the. Uh... The amount of hit-ups he was taking was the most encouraging thing for me. He just wouldn't stop looking for the ball. So I went from a maybe on Lukey to locking him into my squad. And like you said, could have easily crossed for a couple of tries, but uh, if not for Ethan Strange, just beautiful legs tackles. But he was very, very impressive. And during the game, I put him straight into my team. Dan, where are you sitting on the Lukey bandwagon? Is he in? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's always looked like a very exciting player. Uh, that's what you want in your super coach team, the guys who are going to get those attacking stats. I think regardless of whether he gets 60 or 80 minutes, just just put him straight in there, get him where you can. Dan, I'm going to stick with you because another one is a guy that uh, I know piqued your interest from the trial. It's Zach Labart, the right centre for the Cowboys, is one who I don't think he's in your team, but he's certainly one that you're watching and considering at his price. What stood out for you about Labart on the weekend? Yeah, the big thing that interests me about Labert is just the drink water connection. So under under 450K, I believe, or around that mark, uh, I went back and had a look at his stats as well. And, you know, generally his base is pretty good. I think it's around 30, uh, low 30s for base, and base plus power gets up to close around that 40 mark. So at the price with Cowboys draw early on, uh, I think he's kind of a cut price if you don't quite have the money for a Tuolungi or going right up to to Val Holmes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm keen on Drinkwater fullback, so it's just to get that that extra connection. Can sniff out a try too, Laybert. Three tries in four games or something last year. 
The try he yeah. scored in the try on the weekend where he pretty much went over untouched was literally because Drinkwater got the ball at pace and three Raiders just followed Drinkwater and Labor just turned inside, ball through. Yeah, I, I would love for him to be 60, 70K cheaper. He's pretty awkwardly priced for me uh, at that. What is he down? Like 460, 470? Labor based off those games last year. Like it's just a bit of an awkward price that's enough for me to hold off on. Yeah, I think I think I'm looking for that somewhere between that 400 and 500k bit of a flyer. So uh, I'm going quite cheap in the in the center wing. So I want someone who's going to get some tries early, maybe make a quick 150k try to get a much more rock solid base uh, and known premium gun in the maybe round four or five if you can. But, uh, yeah, I think you've got to take a flyer on someone who you think is going to get some tries early on and Labert potentially is one of them. Yeah, and I was going to stick with the Raiders-Cowboys game, but I think what you've just said there is a perfect segue because Moses Sully is is another guy you're looking at in that range who looked lean and impressive over the weekend. I'm just going to let you just run on with Moses Sully, sell us to him. Obviously, in a different side with the dragons, but geez, he, he just looks—he looks lean, he looks strong. I feel what it will be Flanagan on that left-hand edge with him. I haven't quite oh, worked yeah. that out yet, but I think he's just going to throw that short, you know, short balls to him and and give him as much ball, feed him as much as he can. Uh, I, I think again, good price. Take a flyer. You need, you're going to need some tries. Uh, but he's still base plus powers around forty. So I don't think he's going to really hurt you, even if he's not getting too many tries. Like at worst, you're look, probably looking at forty fifties early on. Uh, so yeah, no, I've I've actually got him locked in over Labert over the likes of Jackson Paulo. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, when you put him up, I, I had a bit of a look at Sully. He's definitely interesting, and he has pretty inconsistent base. He has some weeks where just his base, forget the base plus player, his base can be up in the 40s, other weeks where it's in the teens. So he seems pretty inconsistent with that over last year. But, you know, he's older, more mature. He looks fit. So I, I don't mind it as a shout. It's definitely one to keep an eye on. Let's go back to that Raiders-Cowboys game. Uh, and there's a bloke who I did not think it was a chance I'd be talking about him on a podcast this year, Danny Levi is coming in. He looks like he's going to be the starting Raiders hooker. Looks fairly crafty around the ruck on the weekend. 238K. And he has very much come onto my radar as someone I don't feel great about. But if Brendan Hands doesn't look like getting an 80-minute roll or they play the two hookers at the Eels, Levi may come into my team. Tubes, where are you sitting on Danny Levi? He's in my team at the moment as well. Um, I still have enough money to go up to Hands and or... um, uh, Lussick, but geez, it's cheap, isn't it? 238k. I feel like a little bit, everyone's so burnt from Sonny Luke last year that it just feels scary going in these two position or two player positions going such a cheap player. But looking into it earlier, Tom Starling only averaged 38 minutes per game last year, and um. Uh, who's the son of Simon uh, Wolf? Zach. Um, Zach. Zach. He averaged 50 minutes um, last year. I know that probably means he must have played a little <coughs> bit in the middle as well. But if you could tell me that Danny Levi is going to get 40 minutes for the Raiders at 238K, he's got a bit of attacking upside. You'd feel pretty good about him averaging 40 plus at 238K. He should be making a little bit of money. I don't know if I feel good about him going over a point per minute, Tubes. That doesn't that doesn't feel right to me. Like if he's getting forty minutes, I don't think he's going forty plus. I think he's going more around the thirty mark. I, I'd love to know he's getting 50, 50 minutes if I was going to get him in at his PPM. But you're right, he's a bit of an attacking upside man. He could put Tarpany over for a couple of tries around the ruck, but it doesn't feel right. But I can't sit here and say that he won't be in my team come round one. Dan, he's got to hold his spot, doesn't he? Like. Simon Simon's in Ricky's ear probably most weeks on the phone asking where Zach is. Uh, I didn't think Zach was too bad either. Like he did a job last year. So I, I don't see – like Ricky's probably trying to shake things up early if he picks Levi. But I just can't see him as that good a option uh, to start most weeks. And I think when um, – when Starling goes on a run, when he's hot, he's actually a really good player. So I, I think it's it's if he gets a bit of momentum, he starts picking up the minutes. I know it, his minutes dropped off last year late, uh, but I think if he gets a bit of momentum, he's a very good player. 
uh, very attacking. So he could start to pick those minutes back up. And then you're just stuck with a 230K guy that can't go anywhere in, in, in hooker. So you're not, you're not swapping him for Carl Lawton or something like that. So you've got to find a lot of cash to upgrade him to maybe those 300K, 400K guys. Dan, two thoughts on that. Number one, you just can't quit Tom Starling, can you? He's been your guy for two years. Every time you get a chance to bring up Tom Starling, he's there. Uh, the other one he's is that – He's a good player. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing, but he he's struggling to get the minutes to be super coach relevant. I think, I'm not I saying I, he is. Did I? I didn't say he's super coach relevant. I just said he's going to take minutes off uh, off your man at 230k, Danny Leavewa. He's not, he's not my man. But um, <laughs> look, I think last year Wolford's had pretty much two years of the hooking role, and Wolford played it in 2022. He actually got dropped by Ricky for Danny Levi first three rounds last year. Levi was the Raiders' starting hooker, and then he got dropped again for Wolford. So I think the job security is not great, and I think that's enough time spent on Danny Levi for now. But he's certainly an option. I don't think we can ignore him. Uh, he's not. KO Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're fired up tonight, Dan. I'm loving this. Uh, Tubes, KO Weeks is one who I know you and I watched that game. He was terrible, wasn't he, KOX? Could you start with him even if he's named as the Raiders 5'8 at his price or is he just a complete avoid, even if named? 100% avoid. Also, just because if he's not named, that means strange. Sorry, if he's named, that means strange isn't. How's strange not coming in at some point in the, you know, in the first few weeks after they lose a couple of games? He just looks so good. We'll see what happens on Teamless Tuesday, but I'm expecting Strange to be named and there's no chance Weeks will be in my team. And I think I'll start with Strange regardless. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Strange is very, very impressive on the weekend. And there were two blokes going for the same position. Ricky purposely hit at Jamal Fogarty to give them both a crack at it and it was just a, it was a knockout. It didn't even come down to points. Drew Hutchison is one who stood out for me on the weekend and not in a positive way. I, was, I liked the Dogs in their first trial game against the Storm. They were terrible against the Sharkies on the weekend and everything that Hacho looked like with his direction and stuff in the first game, it kind of didn't look the same against the Sharks. So he was someone who was very much on my radar at his price. But after that game, I worry about the dogs and I worry about his job security. Dan, is is Hacho at all an option for you or is he dropping out for better better players? I don't like him because of the job security, but I also think a lot of people are going off his stats from last year when he played at halfback. Um, there is no way that he bases the same amount he did in those two games that he started at the seven. Uh, I think he's got he actually had a couple of uh, couple of other starts. I think when there was some late withdrawals, but the last two games he based fifty pure base and then forty four pure base, and that is not happening. So if you're just taking it off that small sample size, I'd say he's probably in for maybe between twenty five to thirty max with base and then you're you're basically hoping you get some try assist which yeah certainly could happen but the dogs weren't promising in the trial on the week on the weekend so yeah he's not for me i'm leaving him out at this stage tubes unanimous yeah. on that like i mean you if you go back to square one and just say don't pick like real bad NRL players or halfbacks as in your in your super coach team, and even just going on from what Dan said, the year before he played five halfback games and um, he averaged under twenty five in base plus power. So like you can't like the the chat around him being a real big base man because he's such a good tackler. Like what a what a it's, yeah. it's a non argument. Just can't have it. Which is while you're coming in with that nice gruff into your voice, let's go to Sean Lane because you are got a bit of a theory on Shane Lo- Sean Lane. You're thinking about anti-potting him, which I personally I don't see the upside for, but I'm very interested in hearing you make the case. I'm not really thinking about it. I'm just I'm just I'm pondering it. I suppose is a better way to put it. Uh, I, I I watched the trial on the weekend. Obviously, Tuolungi started. Bryce Cartwright looked unbelievable on the right and played most of the game after playing mostly 80 minutes last year. The Eels team just seemed to have their strongest side out there for the majority of the game, and I can't work out why Lane didn't start and he played such small minutes compared to the rest of the Eels team. And Tuolungi split the minutes with him. Is it a sign of what they're going to be doing 
uh, move, you know, to, to kick off the year. And I'm not saying Lane wouldn't be an option or an option later on, but if he is going to have a slower minute start to the year as they build him back into it, there's just so many good mid-range options, um, and he's been cemented in my team that I'm I'm starting to get a little bit itchy fingers uh, and looking at you know, do you antipod him because of how popular he is? Dan, anything in that? Yeah, I, I just don't think he's an antipod. I think you still got to pick him up if you don't think he's going to get the eighty minutes. Uh, I was, I mean, I picked him up. I think. F- game one, game two, when he came back last year. I love that combination with Dylan Brown on the left edge. And I thought, you know, last year, Sean Lane was just going to come into his own. He was going to have a bumper season. So very unfortunately did the ACL. I think I would I would probably say he's not going to play 80 to start with. I think coming off the ACL, having Tuolangi there, I think they're going to ease him in. But I think Maybe after three or four rounds, when he gets some fitness, if he stays healthy, I think he's going to go back to that 80-minute role. And I like the combo, so I've got Deal Brown in my side. I'm, I'm very happy to leave Sean Lane there, even if he's not looking like he's getting the 80 minutes early. All right. I think it's a pretty good case, Dan. I'm, I'm with you on everything you said there. I see where Tubes is coming from, but I think it's just maybe a little bit of overthinking, even though I know Tubes is just – I don't think he's going to actually do it, but – I don't know. I don't think I would have put as much thought into that theory as, as what he has. Uh, the other one I want to talk about who has actually come into my team after the weekend is Roger Tuovasa-Shek, who the first week in the trial I watched and thought maybe it's just a, he's, it's his first game back. He's up for it. He's going looking. He's backed it up again on, on the second game on the weekend. Outside chance that he plays fullback while uh, Chance Nickel-Cookstad is out injured. I don't think he will, and the mail seems to be that Chua Picky will play. But even at left centre, Roger is entering my team. He's, he's getting through a lot of work. He's going looking for the ball. And I know the Warriors like to play at the right last year, but I think when you have someone as good as RTS out on your left edge, you're going to go that side a little bit more this year as well. Are either of you guys looking at picking up Roger? Yeah, I can't, I can't see why someone wouldn't want to pick him up apart from the fact he's 37% owned. Uh, so potentially just as an antipod, center wings, you know, need need a few more tries. But, geez, he looks electric. He looks good. I love Rog back in the day. Uh, you know, those those kind of skip-away tackle busts are so free in Supercoach. Like, he just makes so many points. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a great buy to have. It just probably comes down to the cash I've got in center wing. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Jeez, I just think Roger all the points... I just think all the points we've made before about him playing centre, not being at fullback, he, he's never historically been a major super coach player, even when fullback, um, even in his Dally M season. I think his best average is like low 70s. I just, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Yeah, but that's it's- his best ever season at fullback. And he's coming back in playing right centre. Uh, for the Warriors, I just can't see. I, I, he's, he's an he's an easy lay for me, easy antipod uh, with that with that high ownership. Never super coach relevant, RTS. <laughs> what are we doing? He was massively super coach relevant when he was playing. It's like as in he was. I mean, like he he was never like <laughs> he was never like amazing for a fullback like. He was he was good, but he's but I wouldn't say that he was like one of the the, the absolute premium super coach guns. I'm pretty sure he was, but I don't know. I think you're also <laughs> quoting numbers that like they're pre like the super coach point scoring has changed since then. The NRL rules have changed since then. Like I don't know if you're really comparing apples and apples because the the scoring in general has gone up since Roger was last around. So if he's averaging low seventies, that'd probably be a much higher equivalent now. What? He was there in 2021. He averaged 67 at fullback for the Warriors. Yeah, the Warriors weren't great that year, though. They're going to be they're a better team now than what they were. Look, I, I, I wish you all the best, Jono. Get, keep, just keep going into that trial form. Is, was, Roger, was Roger there a bit before 2021? Have you got any other stats on his, on his best season? Look, Dan. This isn't a this isn't a show where we're just going to go through and rattle off stats. You can look up that up yourself on NRL Supercoach stats <laughs> uh, and find out if he was if he was uh, how relevant uh, Roger was. But I'm just saying, 
you two can go with the masses uh, and get him in, or you can look at, at the pot options like me and uh, and look at any pot in. Average fifty nine. <laughs> average fifty nine in twenty twenty fullback for the Warriors. So pretty relevant. That's what you want from your fullback fifty nine. That'll be good. <laughs> Hope you think you get that this year. Nice. Maybe we'll see. All right, well, let's move on from the irrelevant Roger Silvasa check and let's get into the games for this week. So we're going to look at basically just the relevant players from the four, four sorry, the two games, the four sides going into this week. Let's start with the Rabbitohs who are in the first game playing up against Manly and I would like to start with the bottom price player, Jacob Gagai, who has been named on the wing for Souths. Uh, there's a few injuries, Campbell Graham's out, Munro's out, Whiten's out, and with all those... Uh, suspension injuries taking place. Gagai's got a wing spot. He wasn't even in Supercoach until Monday morning. So he's kind of come from the clouds to be in the South team. I'm starting with him. Uh, either of you. Yep, definitely. Uh, I'm I'm not against having a couple of nuffs. Uh, and I think if you just got a guy playing, he's won uh, the first game and then he doesn't play. Well, he's one game ahead of a lot of other bottom price centre wings. So uh, we saw last year uh, with the other Souths winger, Munro, as he got a start with, I think, three or four injuries there. So, uh, you know, if he impresses early, uh, it's, you know, he's 28 years old. He's probably sees this as his last chance. So he's going to he's gonna put the effort in. So, yeah, I'm hoping he turns into a, a little cash generator if he gets a couple of tries early in the early rounds. Jibs, is he, I think you don't love it, but he's in your team at the moment as well. Yeah, I don't love it at all, but... Um... I think it's just better. You know, he's starting. It's it. It is. It's so cheap, two hundred and four thousand or two hundred nine thousand. That I just think that it's it's worth getting him in and and see how it plays out from there. Yeah, you know, I think there's every chance that he keeps the spot until at least uh, Munro's back because the, the set is Richie Kenner and Richie Kenner's not. He's not a great NRL player. He's serviceable at best. So I don't think it's a given that once Whiten returns, Gagai drops out. There's every chance that Kenar's the one who goes. So I think it's worth a punt. Uh, there's a, not as many centre wing bottom price cheapies as what there probably usually is coming into a super coach year. So I think it's worth having a crack. Well, let's get into someone who's a premium man, uh, Latrell Mitchell. Tubes, I'm going to let Dan go for this one because you and I are both Trells in our team. We're, we're loving on Trell. Dan, he's not in your team at the moment. Why is he someone that you have avoided to start the year? Well, in any other position at his price, he's straight in. But it's just it's just a matter of how who do you leave out? Like, you know, it's it's such a such a tough position this year, fullback, I think. Like, I'm sure everybody's looking at the people they're leaving out and they're like, oh geez, this guy could get off to a flyer. Latrell's in that boat. You know, but so is Ponga, so is Turbo, so is Drinkwater. Like, where do you go? So I've got a bit of a thing this year where I'm looking at trying to pay up for the for the guys that I think I might flip around. So not going lower on uh, – it's a bit hard to explain, but I wouldn't say – I'd find it harder to say have Latrell and then go up to a Turbo or a Ponga or a Drinkwater. So I'm thinking I'll, I'll go higher with, within that range and then if they're bombing, if they get injured, I can drop down and still have a bit of cash. So that's what I'm doing with a lot of the a lot of the middle guys as well. So going for the higher 400Ks, if they don't go well and there's a guy going better lower down, I can drop down rather than making two trades to make that happen. So that's probably the only reason I'm leaving Latrell out. I actually really like your point about the fullbacks that you brought up there, Dan, and like how someone's going to get it wrong. Like someone's going to get burnt by these fullbacks. It's probably going to be the biggest differential at the start of the year in what in what people are doing. Tubes, let's go. Let's hear the counter argument. How come Trell is in your team? I, I'm I'm just following you in, Jono. You, you're so passionate <laughs> about Trell. Um, I just I just thought I'd I'd go with you. Honestly, I just I like him. Um, I think that everyone is very hyped up about Turbo coming into the season, not that they shouldn't be. Um, and I just think that he's got a full preseason under his belt, um, Luttrell, and uh, I think he's a, a bit forgotten. Uh, goal kicking, four Souths. 
I think he's just got a few extra strings in his bow and he's going to be a lower percentage zone fullback than than the Turbo and Ponga. All right, well, well put. I know, yeah, definitely, Tubes, I lean towards your argument there. Although, I think, I think Dan's not trying to say that he's anti-Trell. Like, I think he's saying Trell's a good option. So, I think we're all pretty much in agreement. It's just a bit of a pick your poison when it comes to the fullback spot. Uh, Davey Moali, Tubes, I'm going to go back to you because he's another one who's in your team. Davey Moali was a very popular cheapie. I think he was quite highly owned coming into last year. Did not pan out at all. The minutes just weren't there for him last year. What's making you think that 2024 is going to be different for Davey? I think it's just he's another year older. Like they've clearly got thought he's he's a great front row prospect, and he looks it. Like he passes the eye test um, with how he looks, and it's just about how many minutes he's going to get through the middle. It's out. He's another year older. He's starting to come into the age where he could be hitting his traps in the front row forward. If they can bump up his game another ten minutes, fifteen minutes this year, which is every possibility, I I think that that he's a good sleeper to, to have um, in the front row forward. It just, everyone always gets excited about the new, you know, the new hot front row forward and, and forget about the ones that could be just the slow burners. I'm on the slow burn for three seasons. <laughs> yeah, the slowest of burns, the slow cooker, David Mowali. Um, I, I agree with you, Tubes, and I think it's an interesting one. He's not in my team at the moment. I liked Xavier Willison at the same price at 268k. There is a bit of chatter that Xavier Willison is going to drop out of the team for Martin Topal, but Willison did in the in the first cuts of the team. Willison's still there, named in the 17, and, and Marty's not. So there's a chance he ends up coming in. Dan, what are your thoughts on Moali and Xavier Willison, and even uh, Thomas McKayley, who I think is in your team? What are your thoughts on those three? Where are you sitting? Yeah, I, I mean, I. I just can't get excited about slow burn front row forwards. Like I think if you're going to get, you need to get two cheap front row forwards. There's no doubt. Um, I know some people are going three, but you need at least two. And for a slow burn front row forward, you just need to get someone as cheap as possible. And I think that extra 30 K going up to Willison or going up to Mowali uh, is is a 30K you can spend elsewhere that's going to be really, really useful. So I'd rather get the likes of Henry, McKayley, Hughes that are at that even just 30K cheaper because Moali's never really, unless he starts consistently getting 50 minutes, 45 minutes at least, you're never going to start him in your 17. So they're really just sitting there for cash generation and I'd rather spend that extra 30K elsewhere. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. I would say, though, with Davey compared to those other guys, Moali, is that I think he's only one injury away from being a, a starter because I think it's been pretty clear at South that Tom Burgess, they want him coming off the bench for his impact. So I think if either Kepi or Totola were going to go down, Moali looks like he would be the first man up to take a, a starting role there. But, yeah, then you're relying on injuries, which is never a sure thing. He could get hurt himself, so who knows. Jai Arrow, uh, speaking of South guys who are, uh, are qualifying in the front row forwards, but Jai Arrow is a dual He's been named to start on the South Edge. I just think he's a lock and load with that dual position. Um, I, don't, I don't think either of you guys would be in disagreement there. Jai Arrow is one that you just should have in your super coach team to start the year. Yeah, I, I'm really keen on Jai. Like the, the dual position really makes it. You can put him in your front row uh, straight up. If he's if he's killing it there, just keep him as, as that top guy. Um, or even if he is killing it and, say, a lower-priced lower, lower priced front row forward is killing it that you might want to bring in, you can trade out a second rower, you can trade out a centre, you can flip Jai anywhere. So I think he's a really vital player to start with. And his pedigree has been great. I think that back injury really hampered his output last year. I'm, I'm just really hoping he's completely over that uh, because those kind of – they can linger a little bit and, and hamper you. But if he's fully fit, uh, he's got the pedigree – He's, he's got the jewel. I think he's a really, really valuable player at 466K. Chibs, uh, you've popped Cam Murray on the run sheet in that Rabbitohs game. Do you have any strong Cam Murray thoughts? Do you think he's an option to start the year? I think I think he he can only go better than last year. Uh, and he's similar to Jai Arrow. Like, they're both about 11% owned, which I'm just a little bit shocked by, to be honest. Um, I think that uh, Arrow definitely should be more highly owned based on everything Dan just said. And then I just think Cam Murray started the season high 700s last year. He was a lot of people's, he would have had a higher ownership at that, at the start of last year. I know that they played a bit more out the back and he was being a bit of a ball player last year. 
but I just think that he's he's such a good player. There's you know you could easily look at him as a premium second row option. Um, but yeah, I definitely won't. I won't be to. I won't be this week. Um, I'll, I'll I'll be seeing what his his output looks like tomorrow. All right, let's let's go to the other team. Let's go to the Manly Seagulls, and we've got to start with with the man, their fullback. Tommy Turbo. Tubes, a couple of weeks ago when we did our premiums podcast, you put up a really strong case for Tommy Turbo. Spoke about how he came into the year not looking anything like himself, looked hurt, was running at like 80%, was making line breaks and had to pass to front rowers because he was getting mowed down. And I haven't been able to get that out of my head. He's come into my team. I had Pappenhausen all off-season. I just cannot get Tommy out of my head if he's coming in fit. Even at his price, I think there's a chance... His value. So I, in my most recent draft, which I am keeping until the next team list Tuesday, Tommy Turbo's come in for me. Uh, Dan, is Tommy Turbo currently in your side? Yeah. Yeah, he's been in all, pretty much all preseason. I think I floated with Pappenhausen for a while, but not getting the goal kick in and uh, things looking a little little shaky there with uh, the, the Melbourne tough draw. I, I mean, he's just an excitement machine. I love Tommy Turbo. He's so fun to watch. He gets involved. He he makes their whole team look so much better. So then you start to consider other players around him. Like <laughs> it's it's crazy. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to watching him early this year and having him in my team. Chiefs, funnily enough, I said that you're the one who convinced me into Turbo. He's not in your team. You're is it pretty much a case of what Dan said before? If you just can't fit them all, you can't fit them all. I really want Drinky. I'm still may go turbo over Latrell last minute, but that's sort of the two I just keep tossing between. Um, I really like him too. I think the only thing that gets him beat is injury, um, and I, I don't. And and I hope that he's fully fit and, and firing because I love watching him play. Uh, I'm only like I said earlier. I'm probably leaning Latrell purely from a he's got goal kicking and and he's and he's about thirteen or fourteen percent less owned. Um, it might not be the right reason to do it, and I might still flip before the kickoff tomorrow. But um, yeah, both really good options. The next guy we we're going to talk about for Manly is one that I just I just can't get around him. It's uh, Jackson Jackson Paulo, who looks like being the left winger outside Tommy. And Dan spoke about how when Tommy's on fire, it makes people interested in other players, and Paulo definitely fits into that. Look, he, he had a bit of a run last year. He had a 91, a 101, and an 87 three weeks in a row for the Roosters last year. But then things came crashing back to a 35, 21, 32, et cetera, et cetera, until he was dropped and didn't feature in their team again for the rest of the year. I've seen enough of Paulo now, both the Roosters and South, to think that I know he can go on a run with tries. I just don't have the faith that he's going to be able to lock down a spot in the team. Dan... Your nickname's Wacky Dan. Sometimes you like to look outside the box. Is, is Jackson Paulo on your radar? Uh, he is, but I think it's going going all in on. Um, I, I'm also about the balance of the team, and I think it's going like all in just because Turbo's there, fully fit. Hopefully, uh, that's why he's fully relevant, uh, Paulo. Uh, I think left wing on Manly Edge when Turbo's playing is is. You're going to get tries, and that's what you're banking on early on. The only thing turning me off, say Turbo goes down, doesn't go that well, like Jackson Paulo becomes pretty irrelevant, I think. Uh, there's no base there. So Manly's, you know, not having a great run. If Turbo's out, it's just it's just chaos. So I'm going to – I'm probably going to let him go. Jeeves, Paulo? I think you can go in, uh, but he's one that you're just looking for a flyer on to start. He started the year last year. I think he got to six or seven hundred k, averaging in the high nineties with the Roosters. I could easily see him doing the same thing again with the number of tries for Manly. Uh, but for all the reasons Dan said, I'm not. I'm not going to start with him um, at that at that price. Yeah, I never like a guy who your best case is. I'm just hoping he scores a lot of tries. I think they've got to have more substance to them than that. And I think Paulo doesn't. He's not historically a great base guy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on that one. Luke Brooks is the 5'8". There's, 5'8's a funny position this year. There's really two standout guns who a lot of people are jumping on, Dylan Brown and Cam Munster. Uh, and there's a cheapie in Ethan Strange, potentially KO Weeks, who we've already spoken about. And then there's not a lot else outside of one other guy, Tubes, who I know you want to talk about a bit later on. Is Luke, Brock, Luke Brooks, is, is he an option, Dan, as that mid-range 
mid-range player if people are looking for someone there because there's just a lot of people struggling at that spot. Yeah, I think if you're not going Dylan Brown, uh, I was I was slightly keen on on Matty Burton to start the season before the trials. Just, but it's it's just really turned me off with Bulldogs not looking spectacular and him his involvement lo- looking great as well. So, I think he's a fine option if you're not going Dylan Brown. Uh, good, but you know, relatively safe. Um, averaged okay with the Tigers in a better side now, maybe a bit, you know, the role now is a bit freer. Having DCE there kind of directing things around, he can run a bit more uh, turbos in the team. So I can see all the the allure of having him in there. Uh, I'm just running with the, the – I'm going to run with Dylan Brown and go super cheap as, as that second second option. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, that's all I see in Luke Brooks. All right, uh, Ben Chavoyage, brother of Tommy. Uh, he's going to be the starting back row for Manly. Josh Schuster's out for at least round one, possibly comes back into the team for round two. I think he's one of the most owned players in Supercoach this year, if not the most owned, because he's dual second row forward centre wing, starting back rower. Uh, I I mean, I just think you just start with him. The only case against is that Schuster comes back in and, and Burbo goes back to the bench and maybe plays 20 minutes off the bench and doesn't make any money but I think that's a risk well worth taking. So unless either of you have strong opinions to the to the to uh, to differ against that, I think we just move on. Uh, Ola Kawatu is one who we just wanted to mention as he has been a very, very relevant Supercoach player in the past. Actually, one of Dan's best shouts of 2022, a couple of rounds in, was Ola Kawatu and him getting 80 minutes and the base he was getting through. Last year was a little bit more inconsistent and he may suffer from being on the right edge of Manly and not on that left on the Tommy Turbo side. So, again, either of you guys have strong Olakawatu thoughts? I think if if he had a little bit of a better draw, uh, possible. But again, he's in that he's in that tight second row forward position where there's so many mids. It's it, you know at his price, he's too too expensive to to go early. All right, let's go to game two: the Broncos and the Roosters and. Reese Walsh as the fullback of the Broncos uh, was awesome last year as a super coach player. One of those ones that when you don't own Reese Walsh and the Broncos get a bit of a roll on and he he gets a bit of speed behind him, it's a very, very tough watch. I don't think any of us own him and I think it's just a case of he could get off to a flyer. What we've already said previously, you can't own them all. Uh, Reese Walsh, definitely a good option, um, but you just can't own them all. I think for at least for us, we, we prefer to look elsewhere in the fullback spot. Jesse Arthurs is one, Tubes, who I know you were making a case for yesterday in our group chat. You're a little bit interested in Jesse Arthurs. What, what is it about Jesse that stands out for you? Look, there's not much. I was actually I was listening to Catfish on the Champions pod and he was making a bit more of a case than I'm going to make here. But effectively, I think it, there's a there's, there seems to be less, uh, I guess, Cut and dry um, cheapies in centre wing this year. So you're sort of looking for and making excuses, uh, like we just talked about with, say, Gagai. Um, Jesse Arthurs is only 370,000. He's playing on the Broncos, who are likely going to be top two uh, or finish in the top two point score ring for the rest uh, for for the year and uh, I think he's now playing outside of Selwyn Cobbo rather than Herbie Farnworth who was a notorious great player but a notorious um, non-passer so I just think with all of that as well as the fact that Herbie has now left the Broncos which means that they're also going to need a bit more work from their outside backs because Herbie's such a good base man that all of that could lead to an uplift in Jesse Arthur's uh, points this year. And if you're just looking for someone a little bit cheap, he's definitely an option to start the year. Yeah, that's a pretty good case. And, I mean, one thing that jumped out for me for Jesse is his finals campaign. I was actually looking up his finals numbers. His base was way better in the prelim and the grand final than what they have been the rest of his career. So hopefully that could be a side of things to come for Jesse. I don't think he's a bad option at all. I think historically his base hasn't been great, but like you said, Tubes, the Herbie thing is is a factor and he's shown that he can do it in the finals of all places. So if he can do it there, he can certainly do it week to week in the NRL. So I don't mind Jesse. I'm not going to start with him, but he's one that I would definitely be open to going to if he gets off to a bit of a flyer, bags a couple of tries. Payne Haas is 51% owned as a front row forward. 
I have never had pain in any of my teams this year just because I'm from the standpoint of I've said from the start, I don't think he's someone who's going to absolutely kill me not to have. I feel like I can find elsewhere uh, value elsewhere that obviously won't match pain, but that might get me close and I can upgrade other players. Uh, never got over 100 a single time last year. Danny, is pain in your team at present? He's not in my current draft team, but he – oh, geez, I want him. I want him bad, really. Like – Broncos don't have a buy early. He's just a lock away and, and stay there and he's just going to generate good scores uh, regardless. Like, yeah, he's not going to go the tons, but he's just so safe to have up there. Brock's old in the front row. Uh, it's just tough with the with the, with the the makeup this year, front row forward. Like, so, you know, do you take a flyer on a 300, 400K guy, mix that in with a Max King or a Ruben Cotter? Do you go really high, go Payne Haas and maybe go a really low one? It's it's really up in the air, but I, I don't disagree with anyone putting him in their side. Damn, one that you I don't think you strongly disagree about, but you're choosing not to go with this Brendan Piacura. Uh priced low four hundreds, I think about four twenty, four thirty odd. He is going to play tomorrow. He's apparently cleared of his knee injury and he looks like he's set to take eighty minutes for round one on the Broncos left edge. Dan, you, you've ummed an art about Pierre Crew, but at present, I think you've made the call not to start with him for the year. Yeah, going on to a bit of my you know physio backgrounds, I think even if it's a low grade MCL, it's going to slow him down that little bit. And he's such a kind of an, an attacking second row forward. Like he just misses that touch of pace. He might not get over for those tries. He might not make those line breaks. A bit like we saw with uh, Karaz last year when he went down after his injury, he just loses that touch of pace loses that little bit of power and, you know, it's just, just the the tackle-busting potential becomes much lower. So I think just with the hint of injury, just because there's people around the same price who are also looking to get good minutes, uh, I'm going to leave him out as he's, you know, such a popular player. Chibs, you've been kind of flipping both ways with Pierre Cure. Is he, is he in for you or is he is he currently out of the, on the chopping block like he is for Dan? Yeah, he's on the chopping block now. The I think you'd let me know some recent news that it looks like Kai Pierce Paul uh, is going to be starting over Dylan Lucas for the Knights as well. So just so many mid-range options. I've, I've, I've brought Wong, um, who I'm sure we're going to talk about, into my team. Um, I've got – we've talked about Lane. I've got Lukey. There's other mid-rangers. There's Kickout. There's Curran. And just trying to work out having them all in, Smithies from the Raiders, like um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna risk Piacura, uh for similar reasons that Dan just mentioned. Well, uh, let's let's get to the Roosters and Chiefs. You spoke about Wong. I think the Roosters might be the most relevant team playing tomorrow. They they have a lot of guys who are in a, a lower price range who could be very very interesting after the way the Roosters season panned out last year. Let's let's start there, Chief, with Wong. I absolutely love him. We said a couple of weeks ago on this podcast when we were doing our mid-range spot, we said that if you started with him, it was going to be the Wong choice. But I think it's very much back to being the white choice at the moment because he is now starting in the team, which was information we didn't have when we last recorded a pod. Uh, not only that, Nat Butcher's still on the bench, but Angus Crichton is, is not injured. He's just on the extended and Wong's in front of him. I think if he can get 60-plus minutes, he's got attacking upside, awesome base plus power, I reckon he's an absolute lock-in for me. I could see him and Heal and Lukey being two guys who are 600, 650k in, in no time. Tubes, are you pretty much on board with that school of thought? Yeah. Matt brought gave us those stats of his 2022-2023 uh, New South Wales Cup stats and where he averaged sort of uh, what – what was it? He averaged 76 minutes. He was actually averaging 63 in base plus power um, in 75 minutes. And I know that's New South Wales Cup, but uh, I just think for a young forward, he's clearly he's likely that he's been selected on merit and he's just got such big upside um, with the way that he plays football that I just I think that he's, um, he's a must-have as a mid-ranger now that he's been named to start. Dan, must-have. Do you agree? I'd, uh, not a must-have. I'm I'm very keen on him. I think he's a good good to be at that high 400s. If he does, if something does go really wrong with his minutes, you can kind of go down to another mid ranger who's who's going to be slightly cheaper, who might be performing early on. 
I don't, I can't get my head around this Angus Crichton business. Like, why is he not in the side? Obviously, if he's picked on merit, like he's, and, but, you know, it's same thing happened last year. He just, he was, he was fit, but he wasn't making the side and he wasn't making the starting side. So I, I think he's well worth a punt uh, to take straight up good price. He looks, he looks like he's got such a good work rate. So, yeah, he's probably he's in my team at the moment and likely to play for me. Let's uh, talk about the bloke on the other edge, Satili Tupanua, who is coming in under 400k. Uh, in the past, he has been relevant at times. Uh, he certainly has attacking upside. Probably sits in more of the Brendan Piakura range as opposed to Wong, who's a bit more of a worker. Tupanua, historically, has relied a little bit more on his attacking upside and the fact that he can run a really good line. 400k is very cheap for a guy who's been quite well-priced in the past, playing for a team we expect to be good. I'm not doing it only because I just, I I don't know, I just don't trust him. I don't trust he's going to hold that spot. I think that Wong's the new quite a hot hot young guy. I wish I didn't put it that way. He's the new new young gun coming through (laughs) who I think is going to be their main strike weapon. I think he's going to become their best edge backer on the team. Is Wong being ignored? Because I don't feel like he's spoken as much as a lot of these other mid-range forwards. Dan, what do you think about Tupanua? Uh, I I just think coming off the coming off the knee injury, given the bench that Roosters have, I think I really like Nat Butcher as a player. I think he's very very good. Uh, he can slot into that edge very comfortably. Obviously, he can go through the middle. I know Robbo was floated with playing Tupanua through the middle as well, so that could potentially happen. So I just I just think that his minutes are going to get eased in, particularly early on. Uh, and then I'm not sure if even if he is, you know, fit, I don't know if he's going to secure more minutes on the edge. So there's enough doubt to to leave him out for me. Cheers. What about you? What are you? What are your Tupanua thoughts? Um, I think that he's not worth risking. Uh, for all those reasons, I think he's as relevant as Roger has been historically in Supercoach, which which is not very. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and I won't be starting the year with him. All right, well, Dan, you brought up Robbo and and his rotations. He spoke. Uh, there was a quote today, I believe, posted. I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was about Spencer Lenu and talking about his maturity as a footballer and that this year they might be looking to play him an extra 10 to 15 minutes per game. He's coming in pretty cheap around the 340K mark as well. He's named to start for the Roosters this week. If he was a guy who's getting 45 to 50 minutes a game, he becomes very, very interesting and very relevant. I can't quite get around it. I think Jared Roy Hargraves is back soon. And you mentioned that Tupanua can play through the middle, Butcher can play through the middle. They got Terrell May off the bench, who played big minutes last year. There's just enough going on there that I'm a little bit scared off Spencer Lenu as an option. Are either of you guys thinking about starting with him with that with that Robo quote coming out today? No, I'm going to leave him be. I think like 331k seems cheap, but I think it's actually a really awkward price. I think it's it's in between the kind of guys that are at least guaranteed sort of 45, 50 minutes and going to score a few points at front row going up to sort of 450 plus or, four, you know, 400s. And then you can go more bottom price into the 230Ks uh, and take a flyer on those guys like a Sam Hughes, for example, because Lenny, obviously a great talent, you know, impact player, great to watch. Uh, if he does start to get those minutes, you can downgrade a mid-ranger that might be struggling in your side and pick him up round three. Uh, so I think he's an easy wait and watch. Choose. What about Terrell, May? He, he's one that has been spoken a little bit about. He's, he's currently only in 5% of teams. That's dropped recently with him being named to start on the bench. There's a few people thinking about starting with Terrell, May. Where do you sit on Terrell? Is he, is he out now that he's been named on the bench or is he still an option? I just think for the reasons you just said about Lanyu with their minutes through the more min, middle not being known, uh, Jarvaria Hargraves coming back, uh, Tyrrell May for the price that you're going to have to pay with him to start the year, he's, he's sort of mid 400s, isn't he? You, you're going to need decent minutes. I know he's got a good PPM, but you're still going to need decent minutes from him to make it value. And I just feel like it's a bit too high of a risk um, that I'm not willing to take. All right. Well, let's let's wrap up the Roosters with Sam Walker. Uh, he is currently in my team. I 
don't feel as good about it as I did four weeks ago. I kind of wish I just had the cash to get Nathan Cleary straight up, but just not going to work for me with the team balance and the, and the mid-range second row forward strategy that I want to go with. Um, I am cooling, but I've still got him goal-kicking halfback, 600K. He's certainly a player who's shown that if he's consistently on the footy field kicking, he's probably worth more than that price tag, especially if the Roosters are going well. I just have a little bit of concern about his combination with Kiri. It's never quite gelled perfectly, uh, and that's the way they're going to be starting the year. So I'm cooling on it, but I am going to stick with it. It's kind of the position I've put myself in. Dan, is Sam Walker in your team? Has he ever been in your team? No, he's, he's never been in my team, and it's purely because he's playing this weekend. So I, I'm running with Hines and Cleary, but I really wish he was playing next weekend because if, if say, Hines is out with that quad strain, uh, I would probably be looking at Sam Walker as the downgrade, So, but you just don't know what's going to happen there at the moment. I wouldn't be running Moses and Brown in the same side. I, I really don't don't like that. I'd rather one of them try to get the, get the points. So... Because he's playing this week, because and and Nico and Cleary are playing next week. That's the that's the reason I, I haven't really touched him. Jeeves, your team Moses over Walker, aren't you? If if not going Cleary, Hines is double. You you lean more towards the other way. I was. I'm, I'm flipped. I'm back. I'm I'm starting with Walker. <laughs> um, he's in my team. Uh, I I think I think that it's going to be his his team more than Cleary's now. It's time for the mantle to shift. He's got the uh, goal kicking um, wrapped up, and uh, and I think they're just in for lots of points this year. The Roosters, um, historically, I think he's had yeah, he's played what three seasons now. I think two of the three he's had really fast starts, averaged close to ninety, sort of the first three or four weeks. So I'm just backing in a not last year, not twenty twenty two. So I'm just backing in. That that he's off he's off for a fast start, um, and and I've I've flipped back to Walker at six hundred and ten k. Oh, I love that too. Just give, fill me up with a little bit more confidence. I don't know how accurate the numbers you quoted are, but the overall presentation, <laughs> your salesman skills, it's 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 got me feeling better. I don't think he's. I don't know. I, got, I don't have the numbers uh, in front of last, me. Feel good. Last last year he he started with one score of ninety, but he didn't definitely didn't average ninety. <laughs> Fast start. He did. He did for one round. <laughs> he was averaging ninety after one round. Yep. Correct. Chiefs. The best end. The second the Chiefs said that, I just saw your face make a little kind of frown, and then just started seeing you typing on your computer to look to look up the numbers straight away. That's true. He it's not, did average it's not, ninety no, to start last year. Yeah, it's not like the truth to cherry Chiefs. pick. <laughs> He's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to him, him busting out a 90 plus tomorrow to, and to kick off. Continuing his again. average. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> right. Well, that wraps up our team's analysis, and that's a, that's a pretty good way to end. We're going to do our first, uh, we are the pod pod, so we're going to do our first pod of the week, but we're not including all the round one games. We're purely looking at this weekend. I'll kick off. My pod of the week is James Tedesco, who's currently owning about 3.5% of teams. Absolute gun of the past. I think uh, there was a time there where him and RTS were the two premium fullbacks, and clearly RTS was a long way behind Teddy there. Uh, I just think that these this Vegas game, the smaller field, might suit Teddy really well. He, he loves to get through work. I think it's going to be a fast-paced game. I'm someone who buys a bit into the theory that the NRL are going to want a very entertaining show and might be encouraging the, the refs to keep the whistles in their pockets and, and kind of referee in a more origin-style, final-style way. And I think that's going to suit Teddy absolutely to a T. So he's my pot of the week, Dan, just to, purely to his ownership and his price. Although it's one of those pot of the weeks where I definitely wouldn't do it myself. But I, I can see the merit in people who want to start that way. Tubes, uh, there's one guy who you pre-pod while we're waiting for Dan to jump on, you just kind of said, what about this bloke? And then he was almost in his super coach team for a hot minute there. Who's your pot of the week? He is. He's in it. He's made it in. Uh, I've I've always been a bit iffy this year. I think everyone is. What, did, what to do at 5'8". Um, and uh, Dylan Brown is the most obvious choice for everyone to to look at going. Uh, and then for me, the other obvious choice was uh, Cameron Munster, who was only 8% owned. There's been some whispers this week that Munster 
is not going to make it back to start for round one um, with that injury that made him miss the final trial. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking to turn to another premium option that's currently only 3.9% owned, and that's uh, the big man, Cody Walker. Um, I'm hoping he stayed out of trouble um, over over in the Sin City, Las Vegas, and he's, uh, and he's primed and ready to go for a big game. He's 705K, so he's obviously a bit cheaper than um, Dylan Brown and... I'm just looking for the potential for that Latrell-Cody combo to start the year. The arguments against that everyone is made, uh, which makes sense, is that they do have a harder draw and they've got the buy in round seven. Um, I'm not really thinking round seven that far that far ahead. I think he, it could, with these 700K guys, um, uh, if he's out of my team by round seven, I'll, I'll feel okay with that. Um, but I'm not too worried about the the hard draw. I know they've got Manly this week um, in Vegas, so consider that what you will. It could, I, I think that they could still put on plenty of points on Manly. They've then got the Broncos, um, which is definitely going to be a tough game. And then after that, I'm pretty sure they play Roosters, Bulldogs, uh, Sharks, and um, uh, someone else. Not that uh, I don't believe. The Warriors, that I think, choose. Warriors, yeah. Worries. So they're not they're not all renowned for their defensive uh, parts, and I think Souths can definitely look at putting on points, uh, even if they're not winning the game. So I'm uh, I'm leaning now towards looking at Cody to bring into the team. Dan, we don't normally analyse each other's pods of the week, but you are pretty firmly against Cody. So I just want to give you the floor because when Tube said it pre-pod, you just went. Your answer was just. No. So well, can you expand I'm, upon I mean, no? <laughs> no, I, I mean, that was before I heard Tubes' kind of uh, argument for it. So well, yeah. it just made me think a little bit, you know, Munster not being there. Yeah, Dill Brown's kind of the only premier, like the only, like very popular option. Uh, it it feels like if you're going Walker and Mitchell, is that what you're doing, Tubes, I think? That's kind of mm. – it's just loading up. It could definitely come off for you. Like if Souths hit the ground running, uh, those are the two boys that you're wanting your side. So I don't mind it. Uh, but, yeah, if you're picking Arrow, Mitchell, um, Walker, and you, they're all flying as well, like then round seven, yeah, you can probably deal with it then. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not completely against it. So sorry to disappoint, Jono. Yeah, that's okay. No, I like it because I always call Tubes the salesman when he goes in his passionate rants. I like that he's taken you just from a one-word no into a, actually, I don't mind it. So, Do you know what helped? That up as a do, you know, do you know what helped? He didn't really put any stats into that. So <laughs> I, it was just more of a passionate passionate plea, which I think, I think resonated I, with me. I think the round seven buy is not that big of an issue. It's not like the storm round four buy. Like I think you can go in having two or three South players yeah. and no, exactly. for that long, no no problem. And deal with it. Deal with it then. I I I mean it's it's just such a tough position this year, five eight. It feels like Brown is the most obvious answer. Um, but if it's not Brown, then who else? Uh, and and Cody could come into come into people's teams. No, I think the biggest thing is just he's massively under-owned. Like, that's ridiculous for Cody Walker. He's been one of the best 5.8s consistently over a period now. So that, that percentage, which I think – I think, Tudes, we were talking pre-pod. Like, that, that percentage is because there was an injury cloud early and people have kind of formed their teams with that injury cloud in the background and they're set. So Cody just hasn't come into contention for them. So I really like it as a bit of an outside-the-box thinking as, as a way of getting a, an absolute gun in a low ownership and as, as a pod. Dan, the, your pod of the week is one that I think all three of us own. I don't know if we're in our little pod pod echo chamber, but we're all in on this guy, but his ownership is at just under 10%, so he qualifies. Tell us about your pod of the week. You know what? I just I just looked up on Supercoach and he's somehow pumped up to 11%, so it doesn't technically <laughs> qualify as a, as a pod. But uh, it's it's Brandon the G. Smith. Uh, I'm very keen on him this year. He's looking looking lean. Uh, hopefully looking to kind of play a lot more hooker uh, rather than try to be the, the big body middle there because they've got such a such a good bench, the Roosters. So I, I just feel he's just got such a good attacking upside and if he can stay fit, he's going to be he's going to be nearly close to, I wouldn't say premium price, but certainly I could see him getting to 600K plus. 
And what I'm running with at Hooker at the moment, I was initially, if you listen to our first pod, I was going hands and Braley, so going really cheap. But that was thinking that they were going to be 80-minute guys. Now the kind of, you know, it's up in the air whether Hans is going to get 80. I'm really not keen if um, uh, Power play two hookers. I'm not keen at all. So I'm actually looking at going Harry and Cheese uh, because I think Cheese is just, just at that price where no one else really below, I think, Harry, Damian Cook, and Jerry Marshall King are a worthwhile hooker, and he's probably just cheap enough that you can take him as a second hooker. Uh, and then get a good look at Harry. If he's killing it, he's in your side. If he's not going so great, they've got the round full by, you can probably drop him down to someone who's going going well, like a Coruscant, a little, or even if one of those uh, para boys get 80 minutes, you can drop him down there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really keen on the cheese. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. He's in my team. I love how he looks too, and I'm looking forward to watching him tomorrow. Um, well, fellas, I think that pretty much wraps us up. We This was our short and sharp 30-minute podcast that's now pushing around the hour mark, so I think it's a good time to leave it there. But genuinely, I'm really excited that we've been doing all this theorizing, all this discussion Within 24 hours, we'll be massively overreacting to two games of footy and, and ripping apart our sides before the the second part of round one, probably. So really excited to start to see some of these theories and stats and, and conspiracies come into action. So thank you very much for joining us, and I hope people get a chance to listen to this before the first games kick off. Tubes, always a pleasure. Uh, I'll ch- I'm sure I'll be talking to you plenty coming up soon. And Dan, Wacky Dan, great to get on a podcast with you for the first time this year. And thank you for listening, everyone.